Ah, uh, yes, welcome listeners. Today we're going to be enjoying a fine uh, little tune I have ready for you. And accompanying it is a Ballad of the Seven Dice uh, Q&A I particularly enjoyed. I think that we're going to really dive into the minds of the people behind Ballad of the Seven Dice. And just, I want you to take a moment and just really immerse yourself into what they say. Just really think on it. And while you explore the depths of their imaginations, just just let yourself go. Find yourself in this new and thrilling world. Now, join me, dear listeners, as we experience Ballad of the Seven Dices Q&A. Welcome, everyone, to our first ever Q&A. It's weird to think that it's been one year that we've been doing this. this for a year? And it's still going. Yeah. One whole year? <laughs> that's too long. One year, and we're only fifth level. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that, that's true. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> you guys are going to be sixth level right away. <laughs> Fucking hope so. It's probably the longest time it's ever taken to get to six level in any game I've ever run. Right? Usually I just blast through the first few levels. I'm like, I don't care about these. And then I'm like, all right, you guys are all now. I got a cool level. Let's do things. Yeah. I like, I want to do like, like, I'm like thinking about other characters I want to make now. And I just want to make like a monk. And I'm just like, don't stop. Don't stop. Where are we like now? Don't stop. It's so hard. Like when you, especially when I DM, I come up with so many characters and that's why I try to, put them all as NPCs, like that squirrel character I wanted to play. And I was like, whatever, I'll just throw him in here. It should be fine. I'm making fucking Goku next. I still have to play my printer wizard in something. Yeah, you do. I don't know what I would do that in. Wait, wait, pr- printer pr- printer wizard? Yeah, I'm going to be like a dock worker. And then he finds like a old uh, laser printer that's inhabited by the spirit of a wizard. And so my casting spells is the spells being printed out on the paper and then the worker reading them off. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And it's very reliant. Like, he can get paper jams. He can run out of ink. <laughs> right. And then his his uh, long rests are just me refilling ink cartridges. <laughs> yeah. Or 3D printer, of course. Even better. Yeah, but I need, like, print more printer jams. It's supposed to be running out of, like, plastic. <laughs> Yeah. So we got actually a number of questions that were submitted by listeners of the show. Believe it or not, there are people Wait, listening we have to listeners? us. Yeah. Wait, people still listen to this? Oh, it's actually been growing, surprisingly. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I can't believe people want to listen to me bullshit about it. I know, us rolling dice and trying to be cool. <laughs> well, not me, but all of us bullshit around. Well, we, you know, we hit our 12th review just today, actually. And we still don't have a star rating in Canada, which makes me sad, but we have a star rating in the States. <laughs> so that's... How many things do you need to get star ratings? You need uh, six, at least, to get one. And we, I think we have like four <laughs> or five in Canada. <laughs> we just need one more Canadian. But nobody wants to use iTunes. I'm just gonna have to make like my friend from work just like, like I'll give you like ten bucks just to review it, just so we can be on fucking... Just please let Canada recognize us. <laughs> I'll give you like 10 bucks. I'll buy you lunch. Just fucking review us. 
so yeah, we have a number of these questions sent in, and uh, a number of them were actually geared specifically towards you guys. Why? Because people want to <laughs> know what you're thinking. Yep, still getting technical issues, even in the Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the great things behind the scenes. Yeah, we've had Q&A er, technical issues this whole time. We've come a long way. Uh, well, let's start off with a few questions that are geared towards you while we wait for Robert to come back. Mm -hmm. These questions uh, that I'm about to read out are from Dave from The Four Orbs, who's actually all caught up with us. He's been listening eagerly for the next episodes lately. He's really excited to hear what happens in the mansion. Dave, you got better things to do with your time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Love you. Here's one for Kelsar. All right. Kelsar, or Brent, how do you, as a player, prepare yourself to play Kelsar, who's a tiefling paladin, when you know that tieflings have inherent evil tendencies since they have the blood of demons rushing through them? What was that character in Skyrim that was just like, you know, is it better to be good or is it better to, to uh, overcome evil tendencies, like o overcome an evil tendency and become good? Mm. So that's basically the ideal I have behind him. When I made Kelsar, I kind of drew from uh, real-life experiences uh, to make the character. Um, I was no stranger to bullying. I mean, it wasn't as extreme as Kelsar's was. I mean, it wasn't, like, tortured and shit, but, I mean, it happened. So, like, I played part of that in, like, for his origin story. Like, was with other people, like, who have had similar experiences with life. You know, there are people that want to, you know, give in and, like, want to be, like, the bad guy, right? So you're facing that, and you have to decide, like, okay, am I gonna decide to be an asshole and give, you know, give people their own medicine, or am I gonna be the better man and just try to live a good life? And that's kind of what Calstar's going through. He's got, he's had, like, he's had, like, a rough, kind of like a rough patch, like, growing up and, like, getting his heart ripped off probably didn't do much for his uh, mental health, but, yeah. you know, he's, he's still, like, going through, like, the battle between good and evil in his head. He still, like, acts like an asshole at times, but then he pulls back a little bit. And, you know, it, it progressively gets... And, and it's tough, because, you know, even today, he's still going through tough experiences. He still wants... He's still trying to do the right thing, but um, he, he still fails, you know? So, like, he has, to, he has all that burden on him, and it's getting tougher and tougher for him to, like, not... Be like that pillar of faith kind of thing, and... Not give in, yeah. The yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was kind of my intent, like my tension with him. I don't know if it. I'd like to think it played through with it, but or I played. Yeah, I, I definitely felt it when I was editing the stuff. So. Uh. Oh, thank you. So that that was kind of my intention with him, um, like initially, and I I still have like a whole path in my head of where I want him to go. But, you know, considering how this is D&D &D and you, you kind of just got to roll with whatever happens, who knows what's going to happen, right? I have so much weird stuff planned for every one of you. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it could go off the rails or, you know, maybe he'll have a happy ending. Uh, he probably won't, but, you know, who knows? I, I mean, ultimately, we all want the people who've struggled with life to have a happy ending, but... Now I'm the bad guy if I, if I take out Kelsar. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, I mean, it's also up to me, too, if he lives. Yeah. So, 
here's the thing. Just because you're like, just because you're the good guy, you know, whatever, doesn't mean that the universe is going to be nice to you. So, like, basically, the message is like, you know what? Life's going to be rough to like. The universe is indifferent. Don't be an asshole. And uh, I mean, I'm not like a great guy. Like, I'm not a great guy either. I mean, I, like we we've all done shitty things. So and, you know, yeah, realizing that and being better from it. That's all you can do, right? Oh, for sure. Here's one for MZ. MZ, or Robert. I feel like MZ is hiding something from the group. Is there something from your homeland you're purposely not telling them about? No spoilers, Dave. You're going to have to listen and find out. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, Dave. But... Did you just get a blue ball? <laughs> like, I don't want to know if I'm not. If my character's not supposed to know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about MZ. Here's one for Ronnie. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Dave asks you, Ronnie, or Evan, Ronnie has a kid. Is he ever going to act like a father? No. no. That would be character development. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Because uh, that would be character development, and I don't do that. <laughs> that, that sounds like work. Because <laughs> uh, he's probably, uh, like, he knew that kid for, like, what, four hours? Oh, I think it was, like, two days, but yeah, it wasn't very long. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, less time than Steve. Um, that's, like, he knew that squirrel for, like, <laughs> half as long. <laughs> that squirrel's fair. like a brother to me. Is this going up before the squirrel? Oh, yeah, okay. That's okay. Oh, shoot. That's fine. Stay the, tuned. The, people will just be anticipating the squirrel. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You nut. Bordon, there's two messages for you. One's coming through as all just binary but we managed to translate mm-hmm. it and uh there's a message from a character saying Bordon, i'm coming for you <laughs> i don't i don't know what that's about but uh i think that somehow dave from forbes might be involved in that and are these all quite all questions from dave like is there anyone else i think he had a one for each of us sort yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah he had one for each of you guys yeah and the other one is would you rely on your new friends to actually help you save your kingdom and your things that uh, your issues at home. Oh, I hope not. Because uh, you you guys have gone places and it hasn't always worked out. I mean, all but one. That's my. <laughs> I'm probably the most consistently uh... insane. Yeah, yeah. No, but like I know, I'm barely taking any <laughs> fucking damage. I'm doing fucking great, dudes. Yeah, you're not helping the group at all, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could, I don't know, if, if I need a mid-shield, maybe Ronnie would be extremely helpful. But, um, <laughs> but, I mean... They just keep missing <laughs> him. I mean, probably <laughs> I would. It depends on, like, when we actually get to that point uh, for me to return uh, to my dimension. That, like, how I'm, I don't know, like, how I'm interacting with, uh, like, the entire group. But uh, I would yeah. say... Yes, ish. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Here's one from uh, Michelle, my lovely wife. Uh, she asked, "Would anyone else be interested in DMing future games or one shots?" I I'm kind of writing something. 
I, I am writing something, but, um... Yeah. It, I don't want to give away anything, either, so... We're in talks about that. We'll see what happens. Would any of you guys be interested in ever running, like, a one-shot? Like, how we do for the Patreon sometimes? I'd like to. See how our live game goes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to DM, but, like, not in English, so... Yeah. Well, you just DM, uh, and we'll all just desperately try to like, <laughs> translate everything you say. <laughs> you have to know Portuguese yeah, to I'm play sorry. this game. If you don't, you're yeah. Well, I'll be on the dead. receiving end of what you deal with every day, so... <laughs> yeah. It's like, now you know what... This is like... This is Umberto's, like, long-term revenge for us. He's just like, now you know what it's like, you fucks. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Robert? Would you ever be interested in DMing a one-shot? I have tried to DM a few times and I find that I'm just not very good at it so if I do DM I think I would uh, I, I wouldn't want to record it just because it would be pretty tough to listen to I think <laughs> that, that makes sense it's it's not the easiest thing to do this while we're all recording it's well I, I gotta make use of like all the shit I'm gonna be 3D printing anyway so yeah like... you're gonna go insane with that 3D printer you're gonna be like we're going to find you. You're going to be four feet tall with a giant beard just, like, smelting in the back. <laughs> yeah. How are you, lads? Right, what'd you... What the fuck? Ah! We have a couple from Jeremy from the Midnight Kingdoms podcast. Hey, Jeremy. Hey. Uh, his question is, what's each of your favorite in-game moments? And if you listen, what's your favorite episode? Do you guys listen to the thing I pour all this time into? No. Like, I'll be completely honest with you, no. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm always like, fuck it, I'll watch it when I have time, and I'm just like, I have time. I just can't listen to my fucking voice. That's exactly my point. And my accent is so thick sometimes that, I mean, I can't, I just can't. You can't understand yourself? Your accent's too thick? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fucking... I'm a fucking actor. I have to listen to this and be like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> well, to be fair, the whole thing's improvised, like, the entire way through. We're, like, coming up with this stuff. And you still gotta, like, emote. You do. Yeah, but not not just that. Like, you gotta understand what the fuck's going on. There's, there's a lot to acting than just reading lines. Yeah. But as far as, like, in-game moments, you guys, uh, you're the ones who played this game, <laughs> so... One of my favorites was Robert just immediately solving your haunted house puzzle <laughs> when you had some big fucking battle planned. What was the puzzle again? I don't even remember right now. <laughs> yeah. And then it just goes down and the house just goes. Oh, yeah, on the Halloween special. Yeah, you just crashed my house. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, I think my favorite moment, I, I mean, my favorite moment is the fucking Christmas one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was so that was just so stupid. And bringing uh, Ronnie as a yak back, that was <laughs> brilliant. And like, I just lost my shit when I. You laughed so hard, you barely breathed. You were dying. On. <laughs> I know it, it was just dumb because like I'm picturing it in my head. Ronnie as a yak back. I'm picturing like this golden yak back. That's it. it you got like. It's dumb, I love it. Yeah. How about you, Umberto? I really do not know. 
I really liked uh, like the mansion one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that one was was pretty good. Um, there was like the other one was like the one with the map. Oh yeah, with Opus. Yeah, with Opus. I mean, not Opus, not Opus at all, because like his dark aura. <laughs> You're scared of him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm concerned about the. You're yeah, cautious. cautious. I'm concerned about the group safety. You were a um, a concerned parent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just because he uses dark magic, he was he was, he was like using his blood. He wasn't to, evil. No, no. He like was... he was pouring blood onto <laughs> enemies and then putting that blood back into his body. How? He was... he was bleeding everywhere. He was human. <laughs> uh. How about you, Robert? Did you have any favorite in-game moments? I would say it was right at the beginning, um, when we were in uh, uh, what was the town called again? Geldspear or Geldspar? Geldspar? Geld yeah. And uh, Ronnie got himself a Roby named Steve. <laughs> it was it was basically at that moment that I realized what kind of character he's playing, <laughs> and. It just hasn't failed to disappoint as as we've gone along. Yeah, that he's been very consistent on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ronnie never fails to let me down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another one uh, from Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy asks, how did you all meet? I think it's all through me, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically me and Humberto also work together, <laughs> wow. but... I just never talked to him for yeah, like yeah. two years. And technically, I met <laughs> technically I met you through through my ex. So yeah, yeah. I think and like when I wanted to do this podcast, I essentially did like I gathered everyone. We had a small game going with uh, Robert, Umberto, and Brent, and then uh, I asked Evan, and uh, he just pretty much was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, let's do this." And I was like, "Oh, cool, sweet." I think it was because we were so fucking bored. It was that summer that like was there and we had nothing to fucking do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we just needed something. I was spent... it <laughs> Yeah. No, this oh man. Yeah, it was it was annoying this guy we didn't like working with, but that that job at the time I had so much free time. I Okay. Let's hope he doesn't listen to this. What <laughs> <laughs> drama? Just probably cut this part out there, uh, Lucas, where we're shit talking to a guy, but uh He's just sitting there plotting, he's like He's just plotting like what you motherfuckers. I'm gonna beep out the name. Yeah, that guy sucks. He's he's our biggest Patreon supporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I had a lot of free time when I worked there, so I wrote up a lot of this campaign. There, <laughs> Seriously? So. We had so we had so much fucking free time. Yeah, there was days that they had no work for us. We, they would be like, here, I got a task for you. We're like, oh, thank God. And it took 20 minutes, and then we had, like, another seven and a half hours to, like, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, and that's... Yeah. That was magic. But, uh, yeah, we, we essentially met all through me. Like, I met... I'd known Robert since middle school, and uh, I met Umberto and Evan at the same place of work. And uh, Brent, yeah, we met through just uh people that we knew and then we started hanging out and kind of picked up from there yeah we we do not speak of yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's it's been good i think i got some more here oh here's one 
do you feel your characters are actually feeling like a, a bond growing between each other? Like you're actually becoming friends? Or do you still just feel like it's fate forcing you together and there's there's nothing really there? If if disgust can be considered as a bond, then I'm bonding with uh, <laughs> Ronnie, that's for certain. What about the other two? Well, with MZ, I, I know I can trust him. But, I mean, he's reliable. But, uh, yeah. But not necessarily yeah. like I can trust him in a sense of a I, I like I like MC because he's like he's very precise. He knows what he's doing. But I don't think he's yeah, a professional. But, he, but I don't think he actually plans before actually doing. So and like Bordon is usually very careful with everything, you know, like he is a warrior war. How about MZ in that front? MZ, do you feel like you have a bond between these other three people? Well, it's definitely a bit of fate making this happen. Yeah. But I would say that we're in this situation together. And these are my companions. And I'll, uh, I'll protect them, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're becoming friends with any of them? Or it's just still like kind of, you're just soldiers at arms? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, what about Ronnie? Ronnie, you are... Ronnie doesn't give a fuck. You are always about number one, but how do you feel about your actual connection? Because often you drop the word friend quite a bit, like with everybody. Do I? Oh, man. Yeah, uh, when I edit all the time, you're like, oh, Kelsar, you're my friend. Or like, you're like, well, bored on, you know, we are friends. <laughs> but like, you'll just, you say it to all your party. Oh, he doesn't mean it. He does not mean it. He's just like... No, how does Ronnie actually feel? Because Evan would be the one to determine this. So does Ronnie actually feel like he's becoming like chummy with these guys? Well, yeah, these are like basically his best friends. Probably the people he's spent the most time around, except for that one barkeeper that he never remembered the name of. Nelson. Nah, man, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like we're his only friends, though. It's the thing. That's sad, though. Like, you guys are his best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we hate him. I know. Like, generally speaking. Well, I think, if anything, though, like, I have noticed times where, um, well, like, Bordon always has, like, a bit of contempt for Ronnie, but there are times where I've seen Kelsar show empathy or uh, MZ's. I think me and Bordon got along pretty good when we were tr deciding to turn back time so we didn't get yelled at. <laughs> That was a bonding moment. Yeah, there are times when uh, Bordon gets angry with the rules and he wants to defy the rules and the only one in his corner is Ronnie. And Ronnie's like, let's do it. Let's fuck, like, just let's get out of here. Yeah, but he just, just does whatever the fuck he wants. Ronnie's technically my moral compass. Whatever Ronnie says, I just do the exact opposite and it usually works out. But, um... <laughs> but I mean, jokes aside, I... I tried to get along with him but since i tried to to bring order and he's literally like the like the avatar of chaos so it's very complicated yeah i, I tried to to organize stuff and he just i don't know untangles everything how does kelsar feel about these three overall he like like he he cares about them he just um doesn't know how to express it properly. Yeah, because it's always been either work or the 
horrible village he lived in. Yeah. So he's not, like, used to it. Yeah. In a way, but he's, he's like, he's kind of, like, emotionally stupid, in a way. Because, like, he just, he just doesn't know. He doesn't have the experiences to fall back on. He doesn't, like, he doesn't have the know-how to get past it. Yeah, exactly. He He's in his adulthood, and all he knows is... Like, he only knows is... Um... In, in that sense, does he connect with Ronnie in that way where you see that Ronnie... I mean, he kind of does his own thing. He is, as chaotic as he is, he is uh, able to mostly take care of himself. But does he connect with Ronnie in that sense that he doesn't really feel like he knows what to do? He doesn't know, like, the adult decision to make when he sees everyone else act? Yeah, I, like, in a sense, yeah. I mean, let's have one answer, but he does... He doesn't agree with Ronnie and his methods, but he also understands why he does it. Yeah. Why he is the way he is. It's just that he's... Could you please explain it to me? Because, like, <laughs> I'm completely lost. Like, Ronnie is literally just chaos. Have you listened? Oh, you haven't listened to his episode. You'd understand him a little bit more if you know what his world was like. Like, he's... He, he doesn't know how to read, like... It, well, he never... I, I think he dropped out. When he was young, right, yeah. Evan? Yeah, so he, he dropped out of school. So. Uh, probably? I don't remember. I, and I remember you saying, like, he... Ronnie, uh, like, he lived on his own for quite some time. Because everything was a fad in his kingdom. It was a fad to get rid of your kids. So Evan, or, so Ronnie was living on his own for, like, since he was 12. Until he lived with that barkeep who taught him some music. Yeah, so, yeah, like, that's tough. How do you find that is like uh like how do you find that is playing Ronnie like since you're playing someone who essentially is the antithesis of society like a a civilized person he is the person who's like here are the rules that keep society structured and balanced and he's like nah how do you find that is playing him uh it's real easy because I don't have to worry about anything I just do stuff you kind of just like whenever you feel like a whim <laughs> come on you're like that's what Ronnie's gonna do right. Yeah, because I wanted my character to be like 80 to 90% just shitty goofs. And so playing something <laughs> neutral chaotic is makes that real easy. <laughs> While we have to fix those, like, of your decisions for you. Yeah, the consequences of your decisions. I don't think you've ever fixed any of my decisions. I don't think they've ever, they've ever need to be fixed. Okay, okay, we will see on this, uh, like, next... I didn't break time. Um, well, yeah, right. spoiler. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. When Sorry. you guys, uh, when you guys left the bar wench to die. Oh, and MZ was the only one who went back no. to save her. Why did you yeah. do that, Robert? With MZ, you guys all left. You all jumped out the second story window, but MZ went downstairs to go save her. Why? Why did MZ do that? I think I actually helped him, haven't I? No, you jumped out the window too. Very cleric of me. He's, uh, he's not heartless. He's, he just wanted to save her uh, because he just felt it was the right thing to do? Yeah. See, I didn't save her because it was my first, like... Your arm was broken. <laughs> well, that too, but also... I didn't want my character to fucking die, like, right at the beginning. And it was, like, my second time playing fucking D&D, and I think if I died, it'd be, like, probably turn me off a little bit. Geldspar was not planned like that it was actually planned you were supposed to have a festival you were supposed to feel really good and everything what was supposed <laughs> to happen was that matthews came in 
I totally take that away from you. That's fine. Yeah. Matthews came in, he did his thing, and he left. And you guys went like, oh god, that was scary. I guess we gotta be careful. And then they throw a celebration for you the next day, and you guys are kind of like troubled from this. But instead, you guys were like, no, nah, we're not gonna let this guy come in. We already took out one monster. Time to take out a second. <laughs> he just got thrashed. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We, we had a performance high, you know? Like... Well, the whole time, yeah, um, uh, the whole time Bordon was saying, like, stop it, leave him alone, let him leave, and then... That's on Kelsar's stab, yeah. Yeah, and Kelsar ran at him, yeah. No, I, I, he killed, like, like my entire order and tore out my heart. I, want, I was out for blood. Oh yeah, no, it made sense. Here's a question I have for you guys. What was the inspiration for each of your characters? I know we touched on it a bit with Kelsar. But for each of you, what was uh, what helped me make this character? Last minute desperation. You, you asked for my character, <laughs> and I didn't have anything, so I started typing like a WhatsApp message to you, and then things started. You know, <laughs> I don't know, like my imagination kicked in, and I started just typing whatever. Because uh, yeah, initially my character was going to have like my character was going to like its sur- his surname would be. I think uh, Goldenbeard, and uh, but then I thought, what mm. if he actually had like a beard made out of gold? And then, like things started to evolve That's to heavy. the point that I, I thought, what about like what if like the dwarf actually had you know like um, arms made out of gold? And then I started building the story on top of that. Like yeah, just. Mm-hmm. What about you, Robert? Uh, where did the MZ come from? Honestly, I I don't really know. I I knew you were planning this campaign for a while and you kept talking about it and how it's like it's going to have to do with the planes and all of this and that and I just and you said you kept emphasizing how we can play whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that if it had to do with the planes then uh how cool would a Gith Yankee be? Isn't it has come up already a few times where there's been like planar things coming in or issues that rise up and MZ's the one who actually has knowledge on this stuff. Like it's just a, it was a part of his everyday life. Yeah. Uh and what about uh Ronnie? Uh you said it was gonna be a serious game. And then I yeah. made the least serious thing I could make. Let's see, I was list okay. Lounge singers are funny, inherently. Uh, and I was listening to a whole lot of Alex Cameron, who had, I guess, actually does in general, just like a character of a shitty guy with a bar band who's just garbage at everything. Uh, and so I thought that would be a dumb thing to do. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to just wanted to goof around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're goofing around with the campaign. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, appreciate that. What do you guys think of this campaign? Oh, I'm having a blast. It is pretty good. Like, I'm having a lot of fun. I I want to use... (laughs) I want to use, like, my time... uh, My time magic a little bit more. Without people actually judging me every time. 
Oh, you definitely got the like. See, the thing is, me as a me, Lucas, I love it every time you bust out your time magic. But then I have to role play these characters you interact with, who would normally be like, "No, don't <laughs> rip apart time." And meanwhile, I'm like, "Oh, but do it, but do it." But then I got to go, "No, don't." Like Lucy from fucking Disenchanted, like, "Do it, do 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 it." I always want you guys to use your powers. I love it when you come up with weird things. That was the biggest thing I wanted from this campaign because I like D&D and I like the rules that they set up. But I was like, what if everyone could just make just the weirdest abilities happen or the weirdest powers and just make their own unique stuff while they're building their characters? So then that was the main reason I wanted to give you guys these powers to just blow stuff. Like Kelsar lit, tries to light things on fire from a distance. Bordon tries to reverse time on a bumble and made two. Emzy became like a blood vampire and Ronnie tied two people's windpipes together with this weird chaotic energy. Like there's just, that's not stuff you normally would do with this game, but instead like, you know, we have these fun new options. It's pretty fun. It's pretty different. Like you said, Yeah. we have like way more freedom, right? Than at like a regular campaign. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of like, yeah, you know, like it sort of, it's not like the same type of, I don't know, like D&D campaign where you have like, oh, like the four heroes and they meet at the bar and then there is like the town crier and he says something, oh, so you adventures, you want to band together to go to place X or Y. I mean, I'm not saying that. It's like, who the fuck are these assholes? <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's it's like this kind of campaign is bad, like, by all means. But if if you're trying to make something original, I think, um, like, the, the, like, the PCs, they should have a little bit more um, freedom, right? And that's what this uh, yeah. podcast and RPG is about, right? Is us... Offering something new to the table. Yeah, exactly. I felt like you guys have all done that really well. Like when I first put it out there, I'm like, you guys could be whatever you wanted, make your own world. I'm going to pull you from that and put you in Faerun. I didn't expect any of the stuff that you guys threw at me. And so I was like, okay, uh, shit. Um, all right, let's make these stories then. <laughs> and I think that was, that was one of the fun things, like the, like dragging in Ronnie from like a cyberpunk world. That was all built around magic and like explaining why Ronnie was proficient in swords and shields was that like it was a fad at the time for everyone to use medieval weapons there's still guns but everyone was just using like crossbows and stuff because it was popular yeah well, like having MZ on a like a gift a, a gift mind flare hunt and I got to bring in like weird illicit abominations and stuff and like mess around with an elder brain that was that was fun I didn't expect that at all it was really good yeah, like everybody's having fun, which is great, and I really hope like uh, the listeners are also having fun. One thing I notice is that we might not have the most listeners in the world, but whenever we do get listeners, they they go all in, which is really nice. It's it's fun yeah. to see the responses from people when people are really enjoying the show. Quantity is not quality. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Was there any questions you guys had? You mean like to each other? To each other, to me, whatever. When are you going to give us some magic items? I just gave you magic items. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he gave us... Spoiler! 
<laughs> oh, was that the magic item? Was that? Yeah, we were. Were we supposed to get magic items at the end of the last episode? Yeah, he keeps saying, "Oh, I was gonna give you guys some magic items." I gave you a magic. I literally just gave you all magic items. No, no, I, I can't. I can actually say how many items, magic items that we have. One of them is the. The other one is my frost right. warhammer. The other one is um like. And uh, yeah, that that's that. Okay, but I want more. Why do you have so many magic items? I don't have all the magic items. MZ has that's boots so of flying he has yet to use. <laughs> like, you do uh, have them. Kelsar has a shield that uh, actually catches arrows and like, deflects them off him. Yeah, but like arrows haven't fired at me yet, so that, you know. I'm sure it will be soon. You guys were in a mansion, so. Uh, and Ronnie just, well, I won't say what he got recently, but before that, he got, you know, a deck of illusions that he'll eventually pull out when he remembers. Well, I remember I had them. I realized, like, when I went back and listened to that episode that I actually have, like, 40 cards and not five. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should start using them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got a lot. <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing with him. He, he will purposely go out of his way to make sure we get fucked over. And he doesn't know how to read, right? <laughs> That's not true. He well, they're oh. pictures, right? So, but it's random. When he draws them, it's a it's a random card, and then we roll for it. So it'll make like an illusion of a creature, and then he deals with it. But as for magic items, I have like it'll start ramping up more that you'll get cooler things as you progress. It's been different running a podcast compared to a regular game in that sense because. I want a gun that shoots swords, and those swords explode into smaller swords. Yeah, no, with this, it's been different because, like, I find with the podcast, uh, I gotta keep, like, interesting stuff happening each time. Because with, like, a regular game, you could have sat there for, like, four hours, and not a hell of a lot happened. You're just kind of, like, going, you're going through the dungeon. Like, it might just kind of be, like, a slow game or something, but it's like, if I'm trying to create a little more content sometimes i'll spice it up i'll like i'll add in a cool monster or a weird npc like we just seen and the listeners will hear very soon you gotta keep your listeners keep people interested i I got a question for you lucas are we ever going to change uh like like the team's name to the reborn which is clearly the official name i don't know that i feel like bordon will get that (laughs) tattooed (laughs) I'm just going to change ours unofficially to Owlbear Riders. And, uh, <laughs> I love that one. It almost won. Oh, I should have voted. <laughs> that says a lot about you and your <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. It was, putting this stuff out there was actually pretty interesting to see how many mm-hmm. people responded to it. It's pretty yeah. cool. I guess we'll let you guys all go, and uh, Brent can run off to the gym, and we could all eat food. Not to the gym, I'm running to my printer. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, it's going to dwarf it up. Yeah. Well, to everyone who's been listening to the show so far, or is strangely just checking us out on the Q&A episode, <laughs> yeah. whatever floats your boat, but uh, thank you so much for listening and commenting and just, you know, interacting with us. It's It's been a wild ride, and we can't wait for year two. Yeah, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Yep. Keep being awesome.
just when you thought it was all done. Hey there, travelers. It's Lucas. Uh, so there were a few questions left over that were more just for me to answer, and I figured I'd let the guys go do their Friday thing and let them go live a little while I answered these super fun questions. Now, you're like, oh, so it's still Friday night for you. No, it's Sunday morning and I'm desperately trying to get this. Oh, nope, Sunday afternoon, and I'm very desperately trying to get this done for you guys on Monday. Alright, so... Question one, who did the artwork for your podcast image? And 1A, what inspired the Triskelion logo that's on Death Shift's hands? That's from Jeremy from the Midnight Kingdoms podcast. Uh, who did our artwork for our podcast image? That was Alyssa Frazier. You can find her on Twitter at Alyssa Mayart. And you can also find her at Instagram at Alyssa Mayart, and she posts all her stuff on there as well. Definitely fantastic artist, loved working with her, she is fantastic. So if you're ever interested in commission or something like that, get some character artwork done, like our character artwork that we also recently got done, that was by her. So yeah, no, definitely check that out. The Triskelion logo, that was actually, it's the yellow sign. So if you are a little well-versed in this Lovecraftian lore, the god Haster, the Odor God, he uses this yellow sign as kind of like a foretelling, like a, his coming, his arrival. And so that's what they have on the back of their hands. The players don't know, I don't think, and their characters definitely don't know, but that's essentially the symbol that I've been using. When I was younger, I loved The King in Yellow, the play, and I actually hunted all down the on the internet to find a copy of it, as well as when we were younger, we played this campaign. I had this halfling rogue, Huckleberry Fool's Luck, at favorite character ever, Ring of Jumping, jumped everywhere, super great. But he actually ran in the adventure, the, the King in Yellow, where they, it's like these bards, they open up this crazy portal where this like Shoggoth comes through and you have to fight it. But when that happened, I was like, oh my god, I need to know more about this, and just did the huge deep delve. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Question two. This one comes from Dave, from Four Orbs. Lucas, when are we going to see more of Ronnie's homeworld? Oh man, we are going to see more of Sidelindia. There is so much stuff that I want to pull in. When these guys each gave me this sort of like character world that they had crafted up, I knew that I wanted to pull these things in more after just the first episode. Originally, it wasn't intended. I wasn't going to bring in their stuff at all. It was just like the first episode, then kind of drag them on in, and we don't really see much of their world after that. But I just love what they offered and I have to go back to it. So you will see more of Silindia. You'll see more of Mons Regnum. You'll see more of Kelsar's Order. We're going to be dipping into MZ's home city. So, yeah, be excited for that. There's going to be weird stuff in each of them. We have one from Austin from the Reforged podcast. He played Opus, the warlock paladin. And what his question is, what happened in the other two battles where Dorm's forces failed, as mentioned in the Dorm's and Matthew's episode? Those other two battles 
I have been really thinking about if I want to make some fun bonus content for the Patreon or not, where we could play through them. But essentially what happened was the first one was on the Shining Plains. And that's in the Forgotten Realms. It's a uh, kind of south, southeast. Oh, I don't know if I got my directions right. I'm going to say southeast of the Sea of the Fallen Stars. And uh, essentially she had something set up there where she was launching attacks at Sanctuary and kind of harassing Baldur's Gate a bit. And so that was the first one they took out. And this place, this fortress that she had created was really over the top embellished. Like it's my bad guy fortress. And this was kind of her first one that she was getting, Dorn was getting her uh, feet under her. And so it had these massive towers and battlements, ramparts, all, all the works. She had a big army there and the kingdom of Cormir and the, the areas of Sanctuary, Baldur's Gate, they teamed up and took it down together actually. So they had the three armies brought down this place and there was a lot of casualties a lot of people going crazy but it was a huge blow to Dorm's forces because that was kind of like her center point for her army and the other one that was taken out was actually up in Cormir there was the High Moors they have these mountains that are in the Cormir range she shoved a base in those mountains and what they did was they were experimenting there so they're experimenting on the forests and the creatures of Cormir. And naturally the Chosen rushed forward because they have um, like a... Because they have an allegiance with Cormir and Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate. And so they, they work in tandem. So the Chosen rushed over to Cormir and they help uh, take down this fortress. Basically a lot of it was some creepy scientists. And... As a result, though, Cormir is currently facing a lot of issues where these abominations are wandering their woods. There's actually one in particular called the Spore King that's going around and mutating parts of their woods where they have to send in this flame brigade to burn these sections of the woods. Kind of think of it like uh, Nazca Valley, the winds, how they were like, oh, the forest is getting all destroyed and corrupted. We'll have to burn it because of the bugs. So that's what this thing's doing. It's going around and it's mutating the forest along with it. And any people or any creatures, mind you, that get caught up in these spores, they actually get turned into monsters that end up trying to affect other people. Kind of like in Last of Us. Wow, you're pulling from a lot of things, Lucas. I, It was completely unintentional. And I didn't realize it until I started talking to other people about this. And I was just, oh, that's cool. But hey, we get inspired by all sorts of things, right? So it's kind of the two fortresses uh, that Dorham had, and her third is Arkham. So she only had three fortresses. There's Arkham, there was the one in the Shining Plains, and the one in Cormir's High Moors. The High Moors was Scientist, the Shining Plains was her big fortress, and Arkham... Well, we're gonna see what Arkham's all about pretty soon. Uh, here's another question from Jeremy. Where do you draw inspiration for your story and your beasties? Um, from a lot of stuff, honestly. I'd say the biggest one would probably be 
all the weird shows I watch on Netflix would be I'd see something of like oh I really like that like uh, I watch Bird Box and I like the idea of like an invisible force they just couldn't do anything against I love that idea so I have tied in that concept into a villain that you all will see shortly and uh, I like the idea I was actually listening to uh Alice isn't dead, and I I loved the the Thistleman, the way they acted. That was just so alien. The way they reacted to people, the way they just saw everything through this just uncompassionate eyes. They have this filter of just hate, and I love that idea of these creatures that. They're so close to being human, but they're not there. And I wanted to put that in with the ghouls. So when they encounter the ghouls, they often look very similar to people. But there's just something off about them. And that was also a big thing with Matthews. Matthews was inspired by uh, some of the stuff from Alice Isn't Dead. And when I was thinking him up, it was I wanted this character that just inspired terror but it also just creeped you out because there just was something off about this old man lurching towards you like he doesn't know how to work his legs properly. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess you could say just media I consume is the big one. Um, then I also, I like to think about just situations that would creep me out. Like, where could you be? Then you're like, you wouldn't want like MZ, for instance, when he was held down by those arms uh, that were like fused to the bed and he was getting cut open and then his mouth is fused over. That was uh, nightmare fuel I had. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night just really freaked out and then I guess a few days later I was like, I guess I'm using this for the podcast. <laughs> uh, that happens a few times or I'll think up uh, a villain and I'll end up having a really bad dream about it and then I end up using that for the adventure and I usually ends up creeping me out while I'm editing it so that's fun uh, also a lot of the creatures when I'm trying to think up these weird creatures some of them I just straight up pull from Lovecraftian lore like night gaunts are one that are pretty common from there the ghouls are pretty common but I changed up a lot of how they're made and what they do what they eat as well as uh I do have plans to use things like Deep Ones and Shoggoth, but that's that's in the future. You'll see those come on up. But a lot of the other creatures, I just try to think of what's something that would just be utterly bizarre or something that just... It would be creepy to see and something that... It's not like it would normally be here in the fantasy world. Like, they're used to encountering trolls, goblins, orcs, dragons... So what's something that those kind of people who encounter these things or know about these things on daily would be disturbed by? So then I bring in things like the flesh wall in uh, the detective episode. That I thought was just super weird and gross. And uh, it really worked on those two detectives, that's for sure. Um, and I guess this last question sort of ties into that What's your favorite source of inspiration? I'd say my favorite would probably be... Hmm. It would probably be uh, movies. 
definitely movies because uh, you can watch TV shows and it'll have the the long over going arc and those are good but I find uh, I don't really want to copy those too much because then or like drag inspiration from them too much because then I'll feel like it's just kind of mimicking it but with movies I feel like it usually focuses around a general concept because they have such a short time frame to get this out there and so I'll often take these concepts that I see in movies and go, oh, that's a good idea, and just drag that off into a monster or an adventure or something like that. Strangely enough, um, music is not one of my inspirations for any kind of creative work. I love music, and often I'll listen to music and be like, oh, that music fits this scene perfectly, or oh, wow, this is, this is really good for this scene. But I rarely, if ever, sit there, listen to a song, and say, I need to make something. I think it happened once. I, that was actually when I made that little, um, that mini-sode for Dave for the Four Orbs about the guy who was uh, writing his diary in the kingdom that was swallowed up by darkness. And I was listening to a song, and then it just kind of made me think about that. And I think that was probably one of the only times that ever music inspired me to write something or make something. But other than that, yeah, it's it's usually something I watch, or uh, I'll listen to another podcast and think, oh, that's cool, and then probably try to incorporate something from that. So that's uh, all the DM questions for me. I just wanted to say thank you again to everyone. Uh, I know we're a little bit different of a podcast, and sometimes there's some gross bits, and that is totally understandable if you got to skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, just thanks for checking us out. And we are so excited for what we're going to bring you this next year. And we have a ton of guests that are coming in, and you guys are going to hear from them actually just after this mansion arc. We have a lot of guests coming in in a single episode. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. There's a lot of fun voices in there. And if you're ever curious about guesting or you have more questions or anything, hell, maybe you just want to chat, you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. That's probably the easiest place to get a hold of us. I usually check it a couple times a day. So that is probably the best place to come at me and be like, hey, how's it going? Or, hey, I had a great idea. Or, oh, could I guess sometime on your podcast? And then we could try to hash out those details. But yeah. Thank you so much for everything you've done, and I hope you continue listening. Well, I'm off.